Uh, Z, also some other news. Ryan's on a professional chair here for the first time. He uh, purchased this using his Take the Points stipend and needs you to retroactively reimburse him for said chair. You're you're in charge of all stipends, (laughs) I've decided. I'm the HR department. All right. But maybe because of the pandemic, you can apply for a waiver. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like a a PPE government loan. (laughs) Yep. Defer payment on the on the take the points right take the points technology stipend deferment package get that CARES Act money in we're an essential service that's true <laughs> yeah we are. <laughs> said, for degenerates what are, what are they gonna do without us we're an essential service hey man don't service. knock it laughter is the best medicine at least until there's a vaccine until you can go to sporting events. You have to just gamble on all of them. That's what we're here for. So our opinion, it's the gambling advice that's the essential service. I'm down with that. Yeah, of course. All right, let's start the podcast. I'm excited for this week. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the week eight, take the points folks. I'm Tom. I'm here in Connecticut. I'm with Dan and Ryan in Arizona, and I'm very, very excited because it's the first week of real football, AKA the mountain West. No, actually yeah. West. Yes, the mountain West is back. It's a big 10 baby. I'm excited to talk about it. These guys are probably going to just defer to me and still talk about sec and those other, uh, second tier leagues. But uh, I'm going to throw to my uh, colleagues here, Dan and Ryan, to do a recap of last week. Our first real true marquee matchup between Alabama and Georgia, uh, Florida State with an impressive performance. What do you guys want to start with? Uh, other speed round recap. Alabama is too much offense for, I think, anybody right now, maybe outside of Clemson. Clemson scored 100 points in the first half. Uh, that was impressive. Florida State hung on to win. Uh, they're still not good, but hats off to them for getting some sort of confidence going. And Syracuse lost to Liberty by three touchdowns. So looking forward to talking about this week. And hint, that's all I got. Uh, I'm still kind of in a coma uh, trying to figure out what's worse, the Syracuse rushing defense or the Bills rushing defense. Uh, they're both pretty bad, but uh, let's put that aside for a second and congratulate Mike Norvell, a take the points favorite uh, for his first signature win, first signature win in Florida State in quite a few years now. So good for them. Bama always making signature wins, making it look easy, uh, and Clemson just really making it look easy. Uh, and then the big story for me was – uh, Zach Wilson taking care of business, BYU remaining undefeated, a little bit of a struggle in the first half, getting acclimated to Texas, and then they just took care of business and uh, and ran away with it in the second half. So very uh, fun week, but really, really excited <laughs> for some legitimate late-night football. The Mountain West is back. Can't wait to talk about Rainbow Warrior football. Oh, yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned Clemson because that was a a super impressive win over a Georgia tech team. That's not great, but they're a power five team and they got absolutely just stomped out by Trevor Lawrence and Clemson. So they're looking great. Alabama's looking great. Dan, I heard uh, statistically that they've been better so far than the LSU 2019 team, which um, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I, I guess from some statistical measurements, people think they are. Uh, and I would just like to pat us on the back because I heard multiple people say this week, oh, maybe Mac Jones will end up being a better college quarterback than Tua was at Alabama, you know, the system. I'd like to say that, uh, you know, it's easy to say that in week eight or whatever it is, but only one college football podcast said that in the season preview, which is was actually week two because we missed the first week. So perhaps our uh, lazy work ethic somehow counteracts our um, – cutting insight, but do you want to brag for a second, Dan? 
Mac Jones, baby. He's no game manager. He puts the ball exactly where it's supposed to. He's he's fine. Look, if Alabama's won quarterback, Alabama's won national titles with quarterbacks worse than him, for sure. That's been proven already. And uh, yeah, he looks great. Offense looks awesome. Really fun to watch them every week. Waddle is just a freak of nature, man. My goodness, is he fast? Like filthy fast. Can't just must watch TV every Saturday. Love love watching that guy. Shout out. Shout out to the defense and Dylan Moses is just speaking of fast, like Waddle's offense fast, like Moses for a linebacker is just, he is lightning fast. So I know everyone's going to talk about the Bama offense and rightly so, but quick shout out Dylan Moses is a freak out there. So that was fun to watch. I think Bama and Clemson have clearly, once again, of the teams who have played already, really separated themselves from the pack. I did think Georgia looked pretty good. I mean, Stetson Stetson Bennett, the guy wasn't supposed to be the starter, you know, a month and a half ago. Yeah, Dan's giving a thumbs down. I thought he played admirably in the first half, and then he really struggled and missed some easy throws in the second half. It'll be interesting to see how he is um, later in the season, like if he develops – um, as opposed to Mac Jones, who had some playing time last year. I, I don't know, but it, that seemed to be the difference in the game to me. Look, this is the SEC. This is Georgia. We don't got time for a fucking walk-on feel-good story. Send him to the bench, bring in JT Daniels, see what's going on. One of them was a, was a high school stud recruit. One's a walk-on. No offense. It is what it is. You're Georgia. It was a fun story for a couple of weeks, but now you just saw what happened against Alabama. In order to win the national title, you got to go to Daniels right now. That's what has to happen. No excuses. So I, I think, yeah, one of the points I'm driving at is, you know, looking around the landscape of the SEC East, I think there's a good chance that uh, these teams might meet again. So if Georgia can um, one way or another get some better quarterback play, I think they'd be right in it. I know a lot of Georgia fans, Georgia fans remind me of the Buffalo Bills fans. I've heard a lot of them say like, well, I'm, I'm glad we lost that one. Cause if we meet again, you know, we're not going to get two. So we have to get that loss out of the way. And I, I'm like, that's, that's Bill's talk right there. <laughs> Can't happen. Can't happen. All right. Um, oh, one other thing. Yeah. BYU still somehow ranked like 10th or 12th. Um, let's give credit to the teams of who have already played and looked really well instead of, even though I'm a Penn state fan, like let's start those teams at, you know, 15, 16, something like that and let them play up. BYU should be ranked uh, about fourth right now. Yeah. They keep winning, keep scoring a lot of points. Wilson looks great. So far. So good. West coast, baby. They're, they're the only hope the way the PAC 12 is looking. I don't think the PAC 12 before they even get started. I think they're kind of excluded from the playoff just because of the timing of the schedule, the number of games, et cetera. Uh, unless things go haywire, I think Oregon would be the only team who had even like a tiny, tiny, you know, 1% chance to sneak in. So uh, if I were a West coaster, like the two of you, I would put all my hopes in the BYU bandwagon right now. I didn't week three. Uh, listeners, I was on the BYU bandwagon, maybe even earlier than that. So <clears throat> I did call an undefeated season really, really early on. So I'm sticking with it. All right, fellas, unless you have anything else, let's do some lines because uh, we've got a great uh, take the points book club selection to talk about later in the show. So uh, let's talk some football now and get that out of the way. All right, Tom, here we go. You get to start it Friday night. Oh, God. I can't even say it. Illinois at Wisconsin. Wisconsin Wisconsin minus 20, total of 51. I gagged on air. Tom, just please tell me why I should watch this game and put money on it. It just – it feels so good, right? It feels like it's college football's really (laughs) back for real. This – I mean, now granted – this should be an 11:30 a.m. Saturday game announced by Doris Burke, <laughs> but you know she's no longer with us, meaning the college football community, uh, since she went on to do you know another job with you know the NBA Finals, which I guess is fine. But uh, 
this is okay. So I have uh, covers.com up. I have the lines sorted by Big Ten only because that's all I'm interested <laughs> in this week. I've cut out everything else. And I'm looking at the this game, and it's Illinois uh, 61% of the money going to Illinois versus 39% to Wisconsin. Ryan, uh, I know you're not a huge Big Ten guy, especially these teams, but could you remind me who the coach of Illinois is? I know we're, you said we're not doing the tarmac, but maybe maybe we could just bring it back a tiny little bit. It's, it's still Lovey Smith. He got a signature win. Uh, didn't he be, he beat undefeated Wisconsin last year at home. That was his uh, job saving win. And I have a feeling the Badgers are going to remember that in this game. Yes. Yeah, so, so I think you uh, summed it up pretty nicely. Lovey Smith is still there. He got his one. Now he has a Friday night marquee game at Wisconsin at Camp Randall. Uh, by the time they're singing jump around, Going into the fourth quarter, this one's going to be out of hand, folks. Um, you know, it's Wisconsin, so they run every play. So they never win by 50, but they're just going to slowly and methodically pick Illinois apart. And uh, if you're up for it, if you've got the guts to wager 20 points on a Big Ten team, uh, then lay it with Wisconsin. Revenge. Okay. <clears throat> I have no pick. So after you uh, watch that on Friday and pass out early because it's really boring, you'll have plenty of time to wake up and focus on the Saturday afternoon or morning early slate. First games between two teams that are terrible. Auburn and Ole Miss. Both teams extremely fraudulent, holes all over the place, inconsistent, wild men at the coaching helm. Auburn minus three at Ole Miss. I'll take Auburn just because they should have more talented players, but I don't like it one bit. Uh, Z, you want to talk about this game a little bit? No, I just want to say that my head is so in the Big Ten world that when you were setting that up and you're like, "Yeah, oh, two uh, pretty bad teams in the early game," I'm right. I'm like, "All right, here comes Rutgers at Michigan State. Let's go, baby." Mel no Tucker. No time. No, I don't have an opinion Ryan, on this. Going to Ryan. Lane, train, lay it. <laughs> Let's go. Home team getting points. All right. Moving on to another noon game. Two teams that are also terrible. Florida State at Louisville. Louisville minus five. Total 59 and a half. Very interesting. Uh I don't think Florida State's any good still, but Louisville's look terrible. I'll take an over on 59 and a half. Both defenses are extremely leaky. Um, I think Florida State got lucky and uh, caught a flat UNC team in the first half, but um, this, this, this could go over pretty easily, I think. Pass. Florida State gets their second straight victory. Give Ooh. me the money line. I don't even need the points. This Louisville team's not very good. And uh, Florida State has at least something, you know, they put up 31 points or whatever it was. They absolutely should have lost that game if North Carolina didn't get the yips in the fourth quarter. But uh, nevertheless, um, I like Florida State in this one. I'm just not a fan of Louisville. This is more a um, against Louisville pick than a pro Florida State pick. Fair All right, Tom, we're going to move on. NC State travels to Chapel Hill, take on UNC in-state battle. UNC minus 16.5, total 63.5. You like the ACC sometimes when you like to cheat on your girlfriend. What do you got? Uh, Well, I really don't care about this game at all, but uh, North Carolina, as you said, I mean, they, they did bad in the first half. Um, they rebounded in the second half. They almost won that game. So I'll take them over a state team that hasn't really shown me much this year. I'll take the over again. I got two leaky defenses. College football overs seem to be the way to go this year until further notice. Yeah, UNC over should be creeping towards 70 pretty consistently. 63 and a half is, uh, is pretty low. So I like that too. All right, Tom, we're almost at your conference, but not yet. I just, I'm just excited to talk about some defense for once. 
I'm not going to hold your tongue. Oklahoma travels to TCU. Oklahoma lands seven. Total of 62. I'll take this one. Oklahoma just likes playing close games. They 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 went to over to three overtimes and they played two games where they lost. Again, until further notice, I'm taking TCU plus seven at home. I like the points in this one a lot. I'm taking the over in this game. This is uh, classic Big Twelve. I think uh, Oklahoma. The only way they can win this game is if it's a shootout. So I think they have to make, try to make it a track meet. So Ryan, a question for you following up from our previous episode, but um, I didn't really watch much of the last game, but I believe Tanner Mordecai got a few reps for Oklahoma. So do you stand by your prediction that Spencer Rattler would lose the job at some point? Yes. Purdy took his soul. It's going to happen. Okay. I like it. All right. Stay tuned. You have 15 seconds max to talk about this one. Rutgers at Michigan State. Michigan State minus 13, total 45 and a half, and go. Well, I was going to kick this one to you because new coach Mel Tucker, he's got an extensive experience, including being a um, a grad student on the Nick Saban Michigan State team. But uh, most recently, he was the coach at Colorado. So why don't you guys tell me uh, what happened at Colorado last year? Because I obviously did not watch that. Under 45 and a half and do not watch. Pass. Michigan State has more talent this year than they did last year. I would, um, if you got to pick a side, lay the points with Michigan State. Rutgers still has nothing. Although we might be chopping wood soon. God. Nebraska at Ohio State. Ohio State minus 27. Total 65 seems a little bit high. Go ahead, Tom. Go All right. right here, here we go. Here we go, folks. So uh, Nebraska, for those who don't know, made a big stink about the cancellation of the season. And um, oh, I don't know what's going on here. I hear some I hear some Mark Snow music. No, keep going, Tom. This is just background for your uh, conspiracy theories. Oh, oh, I get it. Okay, I was waiting for you to interrupt with some kind of tarmac-esque report. Like last season, whenever you played the music, that was time for me to shut up and you would cut in. That's the the Xenon theme music when you talk Ohio State. (laughs) Okay, well, get ready for quite a conspiracy because the door is wide open, folks. We got two teams, oh, Alabama and Clemson. I've, I've foreshadowed this one, just like the brilliant foreshadowing of Fox Mulder and the writers of the X-Files. Uh, the door's open. There's two teams that are head and shoulders above everyone else, Alabama and Clemson. And with the Pac-12 essentially out of the playoff commission this year and BYU probably not going to get in, Notre Dame looks a little shaky, there's, there's at least one to two spots wide open. And we've got the best Ohio State team uh, probably since the 2002 national championship team coming back this year, including Justin Fields, who's the second best quarterback, probably, well, we don't know how good Mac Jones will end up, but he's a marquee quarterback, probably going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. You know, whoever is, uh, unfortunate to miss out on Lawrence will snatch up fields. Um, they're really, really, really good this year. And the expectations at Ohio state are our national championship or bust essentially, Uh, On the other hand, Nebraska, again, Coach Scott Frost, again, third year Adrian Martinez. How the hell is Adrian Martinez only a junior? This guy is going to end up playing more than Dan Conley did at SU. Like, um, imagine the end of next year, we're still going to be talking about him. Um, So anyway, he's in his third Heisman campaign this year. And uh, Nebraska caused a lot of problems to the big 10, you know, being a relatively new team to the conference, they're not supposed to sort of run their mouth amongst the others, but they threatened to leave the conference when they shut down, they were really causing a lot of problems. Uh, and the big 10, um, does not forget. And so they were scheduled with one of the hardest opening stretches I've ever seen, including at Ohio state, uh, to open up. And, um, the deal is that they're going to get stomped, absolutely stomped in this game. I mean, you're looking at like 60 to 21, maybe. So a Ohio state overhook is absolutely the play. 
we'll talk more about Ohio State in the coming weeks. But um, if you're a Nebraska fan, you got your wish, baby. Football's back for Nebraska, and you're going to go 0-4. Okay, that's a strong endorsement for Ohio State week one. Not much else to say there. We're going to go on to the, not the game of the week, but the undercard. Syracuse at Clemson. Clemson now minus 46, total 61 and a half. So they're saying 54 to 7 or something like that. Yes. 60 nothing. Look, it opened at 44. It, 24 hours later, it's now 46. Uh, it's going to 50. It should be 50. Lay it with Clemson as well. That's my prediction. First half Clemson is absolutely the play. <clears throat> You're probably going to be able to get it under like 35. And that's ridiculous. <clears throat> 20, what is it? It's going to be 28, 28 and a half, somewhere in there. Okay, yeah, under 30. So Clemson first half before they put everyone, now all the backups in is absolutely the, the big money play this week. And score on every drive. Every drive in the first half. So just go ahead and bet that. So that's exactly what I was thinking. It's going to be 48 to three at halftime. And yeah. the final score is going to be like 59 to 10 or something yep. like that. So Clemson cover Clemson first half. Um, but I mean, my God, Syracuse, not only did they lose to Liberty, but I I told you guys, you have to watch this clip. Um, the Liberty guy ran like 60 yards, just untouched, untouched at the line of scrimmage. He juked a linebacker so hard that the linebacker never even touched him in the open field. And then he just bolted, or the touchdown and they just kept doing similar plays, but it, it was like that specific play was like, it, it reminded me growing up when like we would play football with my neighbors and stuff. And it's like, you know, 14 year old <coughs> us juking my eight year old brother, you know, and it's, it's just not fair. And we're talking about Liberty. Of course, we're not talking, we're not talking Alabama or Syracuse. We're not talking Clemson. So as we, as we always say on the show, if you can't beat the clown, how are you going to beat Shooter McGavin? Very true, Tom. Speaking of the clown, Alabama travels to Tennessee. Uh, Alabama lane 21, total 62 and a half. Tennessee has not played a, uh, well the last game and a half would be an understatement. The performance they put on the field last week against Kentucky was reminiscent of a team that got shang sunged by a superior SEC team, basically. And they might be wrecked for the whole year because of what happened in the second half against Georgia. They got thrashed, and they may not come back from that. Now they get Alabama, and they're an unstoppable rebel force. So if you take out Tennessee plus 21 and win – more power to you, but just know that you bet the wrong side. So uh, I'll take Bama minus 21 right now before it goes up even higher to probably 24. Bama over hook it. They're getting <laughs> 60 themselves. All Tennessee has to do is put three on the board. And we know that Pruitt is going to have a fourth and four from the seven. He's going to be like, screw this, kick the field goal. I ain't getting shut out by Nick. So, yeah, 60 to three, we got this. Over. You think there's going to be a, an appearance by the Tennessee garbage can? I thought he was already coaching. He isn't? No? No? All right, never mind. Uh, first off, um, congrats to Nick Coven for recovering or Nick Coven. Congrats, congrats to Nick Saban for recovering from COVID-19. Hey, COVID. It was a, it was a very difficult and challenging 20 minutes there until he was better, but he managed to do it. He got COVID before we thought, before we knew it was a false positive or whatever, when everyone thought he actually had it, there was not one person who thought he wasn't going to coach. Even though it happened on a Tuesday, no. 
everyone was like, he'll be in a bubble. He'll be in a hospital bed like Hugh Freeze. He'll just give it to the yeah. whole team. It's fine. <laughs> he's like 68 years old. And he's like, no one even concerned for his health one bit. Zero people were concerned. They're like, oh, no. Nick, Nick will not go down from this. No chance whatsoever. Not even his health. They didn't even think he was going to miss the game. They're like, <laughs> like the the... The least optimistic, um, optimistic prediction I heard was that he would be like on an iPad on like a Segway or something like on roaming the sidelines, like that episode of community. So I, I think what's happening is I think that secretly they're shaving little pieces off the bear Bryant statue and liquefying it and just shooting that into Saban's veins. And he just, he's just getting that bear Bryant statue to iron into his veins and it's, it's just keeping him strong. Oh yeah, they call that the uh, the Alabama Terminator. You never heard of that? Um, so yeah, Alabama. We talked about their team enough, um, but let's talk about Tennessee. Speaking of quarterbacks who are just there forever, Jimmy Guantanamo. Jesus Christ! I mean, it's uh, come on. I, I don't. As I get older, I really don't like making fun of twenty year olds. You know who are trying their best, but I think it's time to move on and go in a different direction, shall we say, but you can't because they pulled him after a bad interception and they put in this other guy named, uh, JT Schrute, I think like brother of, uh, Dwight Schrute from the office. And what does he do on his like third pass? He just throws a bad interception. And they're like, the announcers were like, well, I, I guess we, we got to go back to Jared, you know, yeah, things haven't worked out, but the, you know, he's at least got, you know, the play calls, right. And he's got that moxie. I think that was like one of the, one of the benefits they said about Guantanamo as opposed to the other QBs. They're like, well, he, he's able to uh, mentally get past mistakes quicker, which is vital. If you're a Tennessee quarterback, if you escape from Guantanamo Bay, you don't go back. (laughs) You're not like shit. I left my Jordan ones in my cell. I got to go back. You got out of Guantanamo, bro. You did the impossible. You know, you know, don't, don't do it. No, they back. see, they escaped Guantanamo shirt. only to find themselves at Shroot farms. And it was not any better. Oh God. What a pathetic program. So bad. Moving on. So they're they're I'm skeptical of your prediction that Tennessee will actually score three. It's possible. All right. We're going yeah. back to the big 12. Baylor Bears at Texas Longhorns. Texas minus eight and a half. That's dropping fast. Uh, total 61. I'll take this one, Tom. I like the Baylor Bears. Texas can't be trusted. Tom Herman is on my fraudulent list. Total 61. Well, Texas plays no defense at all. Can't stop anybody. Uh, over until further notice in all Texas games. All of them. 61. Laughable. Over, over, over. Brewers still the quarterback, by the way, for for the uh, Baylor Bears. Speaking of quarterbacks that have been there forever, still Brewer, so he's going to shred them. I mean, so, Baylor's been out with a COVID for a couple weeks, so I don't know what to to expect. So <laughs> for me, this is a uh, a pass, but just an over fun over bet because it's the Big Twelve, and why the hell not? Z passes on this. He's saving his voice for the Big Ten. Next game, Iowa State at Oklahoma State. 17 at number six, by the way. Big game. Oklahoma State minus three and a half, total 54. This is a tough game to read. We haven't seen a lot of Oklahoma State at full capacity. Spencer Sanders has been hurt. I don't even think he's played yet. Um, I got to look into this one a little bit. Iowa State's got Purdy. They grind it out. They actually play really well as an underdog traditionally. This is a really tight line, though. To be only three and a half on the road, Oklahoma State says that Vegas thinks Iowa State's a better team on a neutral field. <clears throat> well, Oklahoma State won't be much for a neutral field. They'll fill that stadium somehow with 40,000 people next to each other. So I'm going to stay away from the total, from the spread. But again, 54, until further notice, I like these overs in college football. It sounds like I'm a total square this week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, over 54, ride it underdog money line. Let's go. Cyclones. The run continues. 
they might be my my other since since BYU is one of my Tinder teams. I'm allowed to, to be polygamous with this, so I get an Iowa State too. <laughs> I got okay to have two Tinder teams if one of them's BYU. So I like Iowa State a lot. They're gonna win the Big Twelve. Let's go, Cyclones. Very good. I'm gonna pause the show and give you a slow clap for that one. That's that's very good. Very good. Good joke right there. All right, moving very on. Good All right. Um, oofs, this is a big game, the Z household. Notre Dame travels to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to take on the Pittsburgh Panthers, which people are now 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 no longer calling Pittsburgh, by the way, Tom. It seems like they've they've gone back to the short version. They're back to being called Pitt, which I prefer. Yeah, remember so, when Pitt was like, that, that was not acceptable? No, it was unacceptable taboo. They're like, no, you can't say that. It's, we've changed our image and team name. We're Pittsburgh now. That got blown up. We're back to Pitt, baby. Pitt's catching 11 at home. It's a double-digit home, dog. <laughs> Things are back to where they should be. Everything's Total nature of- is restoring. <laughs> yeah, it is. Total of 48 pit getting double digits at home. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I feel like how can you lay 11? before Sorry, you, before you predict it, I mean, we, we've got two yeah. teams that peaked in 19, you know, 68. I, I yes. feel like, I feel like we need a Bino impression, Dan. Okay. Well, Pitt comes in here at number two and Notre Dame number one. So this is an early season matchup of the playoff. All right, no, I'm kidding. So that's pretty good. Look, thanks. I'm taking Pitt plus eleven at home. Notre Dame looked like trash at home, and as far as I've as as far as I've watched this year, they looked like trash last week. Looked like trash against Florida State. They didn't look good all year so far. Um, Ian Book's still there. He doesn't look so good. Their offense looks terrible. I don't like their head coach. And how can you trust them to lay 11 points on the road? It seems like they play every game at home, like always. But even I'm pretty sure this year they played every game at home. So first road game at Pitt, cold weather, Heinz Field, Pitt plus 11, one of my favorite plays of the week. I like Pittsburgh University of Oakland. That's right. <laughs> at uh, a money line. Let's go. Ooh, plus I have not believed in Notre Dame. Do not believe in Brian Kelly. Do not believe in Ian Book. Let's go Pitt. They're going to take care of business. It's so, good for one upset a year also, by the way, too, right? They always play Clemson. It's time. not going to be Clemson this year. No, it's definitely no, not Clemson, no. So, but this will make it win. They can talk. The money line's only three to one. They're playing the number three ranked team in the country. That's totally ridiculous. Well, if I, I mean, if I can, if I can help explain, I, I don't think we know who's going to play quarterback for Pitt at the moment. You know, they had the freshman came in last week and uh, struggled a little bit. So, uh, who knows? Yellen's going to be fine. Vegas knows. Let the ASU transfer light them up. Let's go. How is this not like like nine to one on the money line? This is the dumbest odds I've ever seen. You're right. And I also can't stress to people enough, you know, with the big 10, you know, on hiatus until this week, I've been watching a lot more uh, ACC than usual. I mean, I, I'm always watching the big 10. I'm always watching the SEC. Um, and then I kind of watch the other games as I can, you know, in between the big games in those conferences, but I've picked up a lot more ACC watching. Um, so I've seen a fair amount of Louisville. I, I really can't, um, stress enough that they're really not good. And so when Notre Dame beats Louisville 12 to seven, like that's a really poor showing a really poor showing. So even with Yellen, um, I'm certainly taking the points with Pitt, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if they win it outright. <clears throat> I agree, Tom. All right, Tom, here you go. Big game for you. Penn state at Indiana, Penn state minus only six and a half. Total 57 and a half. Give it to me, Tom. Yeah. Uh, I well feel like another Beano impressions in order now. <laughs> Penn state top 10. Uh, all right. Um, the reason the line is so low is because uh, every team's got the one team that uh, challenges them that, that you wouldn't think on paper should. And for Penn state, it was always Michigan state for a while, but um, recently it's been Indiana 
Um, last year they won by seven and this is the Penn state team that won a new year's six bowl. And that was a home game. Um, the year before they won by five, um, they've in 2016 and 2018, the last two years they've played in Bloomington. Those are both, by the way, both trace McSorley years. So those are good Penn state teams. One of them finished fifth in the country. Um, both games, they were trailing in the second half. So Indiana has had, I mean, they haven't had Penn state's number cause they haven't won a game, but you know, in so much that someone can have someone's number and keep it close and cover they have. So, um, very, very dangerous pick here to go with Penn state. Um, on paper, once again, Penn state seems like clearly the better team, but I've seen this, uh, horror movie one too many times. And so I'm staying away from this one. You're staying away, Tom. That's all I need to know. Stay away all the way around here. Okay, no more staying away. You know what? You know what? Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but uh, the over under is 58. So if you want to make a play on that, go with an over. I I think that's your best bet. All right. That's a good segue here, Tom. The gambling gods really, really fucking gave us the finger last week. And. I apologize for overlooking a certain Bo Pelini hire. And I said, I will make amends, gambling God. I'll make my lock of the week, the Florida team total. I was ready to bet hundreds, hundreds, hundreds U.S. to my AG account. But what what happened, Dan? But no. But no. COVID showed up, fucked me over, and I got what I deserved. And I thought about it all week. And I said, you know, this, this is what happens. You got to strike while the iron's hot. Well, guess what? The iron's still sizzling. Here we go. South Carolina, who's terrible, doesn't matter, at LSU. South Carolina minus seven, or sorry, LSU minus seven, total of 59. Here's the thing. Just bet the over. Until further notice, these are auto overs with Bo Pelini involved. The LSU team doesn't give a fuck. South Carolina's going to be on the road in Baton Rouge. They're not going to give a fuck. 59 all day. This game's going to the 70s. Bet the over. Top three play of the week. Bo Pelini. I'm not scared. You can send me South Carolina. You think I'm scared with their shitbag offense about not betting it over? Wrong. Wrong. You can send Tennessee. You can send Kentucky. You can send Vandy. It don't matter. Send them all the rest of the year. I'm betting every over in the LSU season until further notice. Period. That's all you got to say about that. That's well said, and I'm not going to try to top it. Moving on. I don't. I don't have a separate pick, but when you mentioned Florida, I feel like we we should have opened in our um, recap with a, a COVID update. Not only was Nick Saban um, mask off, screaming in the face of the ref. <laughs> after like three days after getting a positive test. But Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen a week and a half ago, we're recording on a Monday. He was saying that he wanted a full house at the swamp, 90,000 people. Um, And then fast forward, you know, smash cut to a week later, Florida's game is canceled. Dan Mullen himself test positive Doing the math, you can go back, which means when Dan Mullen said he wanted 90,000 people in Florida stadium, he himself was almost definitely positive for COVID. Oh, yeah. I don't care. So good. Oh, I won't back down. Nope. He's fine. He's right. Oh, by the way, the, the team total on South Carolina is six, uh, 26 and a half. Just go ahead and bet that. It's a it's two touchdowns a half. I mean, you'll, you'll fall into that with Bo. He's just going to welcome you into the end zone three three to five times a game, minimum. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay, Tom, we might have some more of your conference to talk about, but I think more. we have a little bit, a little bit uh, unfinished, unfinished business to talk about here. We're going to the Mountain West. This is very important. Ryan's been quiet. He's been saving his vocal cords. Utah State at Boise State. Boise minus 16. Total 57 and a half. Ryan. Boise. Lay it. Very, very easy. Boise 
and BYU are on a crash course and they're going to run the table until that game. I like Boise a lot in this spot. Utah State's no good. First game of the year on the blue turf. They get all the bonus points. They get like 10 for home field in this game. Let's go. Agree. Got anything, Tom? No, I do not. Past your bedtime. All right, here we go. Game of the week. Hawaii at Fresno State. Fresno State minus three and a half. Total 65. Ryan? Oh, I love it. The Rainbow Warriors coming out of the mainland. Oh, you never know what to expect. You never know who's going to be playing for them. It's great. Uh, I'm really excited about Hawaii football being back. Thank you to Pluto TV, not a sponsor, uh, for having stadium so I can watch those Hawaii games, not on a Facebook feed, but actually uh, on my TV. So really excited. Not really sure what to expect, but in a game like this, you take the points and you take it over and you go touchdown Rainbow Warriors. I would like to add something. Now, I may have missed out on some LSU money with the owners, but I have something to add for this game. Tom, do you know who the new coach of Hawaii football is for this year? I'm sure I knew it at some point, but, you know, pandemic brain has has taken it out of my mind. Well, if you lived in Phoenix the past eight years like us, you would know this. It's former ASU coach Todd Graham. Now, one thing you may need to know about, that's the face, Tom. All right, let's hear what you have to say first. You know what I'm about to say, God damn it! Bet the over. Todd Graham don't know how to play any defense. What is it, 63 and a half? No problem. 65, over. Todd Graham, over, 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 over. Is Todd Graham a good offensive guru? I don't know what the hell. But he was in Arizona State. They played games like 55-45 every week. And now he's playing in the Mountain West, which is even more of a complete fucking joke in the Pac-12. So it's going to be like street street yard football. He might play a game this year like 66-55. I mean, I mean, the, you got to say the guy's kind of the genius because after getting fired from living here in Tempe slash Scottsdale, yeah. the only other place in the country you can go coach is probably Hawaii. Because uh, right now during football season, it's kind of beautiful here in Scottsdale. Uh, so Hawaii's pretty much his only option unless, you know, Pepperdine adds football in the next couple of years. So love it. Can't wait. Let's go. All right, see, back to your conference night game, big game, Michigan at Minnesota, Michigan minus three and a half, total of 55. Talk to me about Michigan. Give me a pick here. Is Minnesota any good? Go ahead. If you think you're going to skip Iowa, Purdue, and Maryland Northwestern, you're sadly (laughs) mistaken. (laughs) Iowa, Purdue is the number one stay away game in the history of college football betting for our entire life. You have, um, Iowa's had several players opt out and, uh, Kirk, um, why isn't there a white entertainment television? Ferentz is on the hot seat already. Uh, meanwhile, Jeff Brom of Purdue is, uh, out with COVID for this game and Purdue was projected to not be great anyway, but Rondell Moore is coming back. So maybe they'll have a chance. Um, if you bet either side of this game, you're, you're insane and you like to live on the edge and God bless, um, Maryland Northwestern number one, like number one, two team QB upgrade of all time from last year, you know, instead of the guys they were playing last year, you got Peyton Ramsey transferring from Indiana who was splitting time. Now he's at Northwestern. He's going to have a big impact, but at Maryland, you know who the Maryland QB is, right? Little Tua. That's right. Talia Tagovailoa. So he got his clearance. He's going to play. Um, You can't bet this game because you just have no idea how these guys are going to adapt to the new system. But uh, I am going to, I was going to say you have to tune in, but I guess if you're a big 10 fan like myself, I think we owe it to ourselves to tune in and see if uh, little Tua can succeed in this new system. 
And now we will get to the game you actually care about. Uh, Michigan, Minnesota. This is a great game. Marquee game of the week in the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan is rebuilding, sort of, you know, as they do. They've lost... um, They've lost uh, a bunch of guys, including, I think, four out of the five offensive linemen and, of course, Shea Patterson. Um, So I thought that McCaffrey, Dylan McCaffrey, you know, um, Christian McCaffrey's younger brother, I assumed he would always just be the starter. But uh, then he opted out. Um, The word is, you know, he was going to lose out on the quarterback battle anyway. And um, I've lost this guy's name, but um, they have a Florida quarterback who's like 6'5", 240, and apparently, you know, the word is Harbaugh is very shady about releasing this information. He's very Belichickian, but um, apparently this guy from Florida is going to start, and he's just an absolute beast. Um, But they say he's not, they don't know about his running prowess, so he might be like a Big Ben type who isn't a great runner, but just like can't be taken down. Um, So that's going to be a really interesting element um, if they have that kind of quarterback um, play. The reason I really like Michigan this year is that, um, they have three great running backs. Michigan was one of the most improved teams. We had a joke about like Michigan making the playoff with four losses or whatever. But the reason that joke was, was good last year was because Michigan was like the most improved team from the first half to the second half. And it was all because of their run game. They have uh, three guys who are going to split carries, but I'm going to call it now that, uh, Zach, uh, Charbonneau Charbonnet. I think he's the next like great Michigan running back along the lines of your, uh, a train, Anthony Thomas, or your Shimonga Bianca Batukas, you know, the greats. Uh, I, I think he's really, really good as a freshman. And now as a sophomore, you know, a true sophomore, I think he's going to be a really special player there. So, um, Michigan, I think by the end of the year is going to be really formidable, but, they have a lot of turnover. And uh, meanwhile, on the other side, Minnesota lost their offensive coordinator uh, poached away by Penn state. But other than that, they have all the key, most of the key guys back aside from Tyler Johnson receiver. Um, but they got Morgan at QB. They've got their running back. Um, Bateman's back, I guess. Um, they lost um, the, about half of their defense mostly guys in the secondary, but they have um, some of the run stuffers up front, which will be good going against Michigan's run game. So I think that Minnesota has the advantage for those reasons that they have more consistency coming into this year. Um, And this Minnesota team by all accounts should be, you know, on par with, they should pick up right where they left off last year as, you know, one of the best teams in the conference. So right now the line's at three and a half. And I really like this. I think this is a three point game either way. So, um, I would take that right now before it, um, drops to exactly three where you might just end up with a push. So I think Michigan probably ekes it out somehow at the end, but, um, I think it's going to be really close. And, uh, I like the three and a half with Minnesota. Tom, that was a lot of, a lot of Harbaugh love. And here's the thing. Minnesota's going to win this game outright. And that asshat's going to force me to bring the tarmac report back next week. That's what I'm predicting. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's a toss up game. I think um, I wouldn't be surprised at all. If, if Minnesota wins PJ flex, a good coach and they got Tanner Morgan's one of the best QBs in the conference. So we're rowing boats here, bitch. Let's go. <laughs> A lot of people think they're going to be, a, they're like an anomaly, but I'm telling you, Minnesota is going to be good again this year. Things are changing in the Gopher land. I can't stand Michigan. I used to like semi-root for them because they're Ohio State's rival. Now I equally hate them both. Harbaugh has turned them into the most unlikable bunch of fucks outside of Ohio State. They're, they're, They're the worst. I hate that team. Oh, listen, retweets are not endorsements here. I don't like Michigan at all. I'm still no. bitter about the 05 game, which was on the Big Ten channel the other day. And I just like, I lose the Big Ten channel's funny because, um, you know, it'll be like Penn State classics. And if Penn State's playing Ohio State and you know, if it's called a Penn State classic, you know, Penn State's going to win the game. But sometimes you just flip onto the Big Ten channel and it's like, oh, Penn State's playing Nebraska 
And then, you know, you're, you're watching it for 10 minutes and then it goes to a commercial. We'll be right back with this Nebraska classic. I'm like, Oh no, it's the 2012 game. And I'm like, I know they're going to lose. And so I was watching the uh, Michigan classic of Oh five where, um, the, you know, the famous times up game famous, not to you guys, but to uh, Penn state fans as being the game where the refs put an extra second on the clock. And then Michigan scored on the last play with one second false. Otherwise Penn state would have won the championship ship that year instead of the uh, USC, Texas teams. They definitely would have beat both of those had they won that Michigan game and gone undefeated. Easily, easily a superior team to Vince Young or Reggie Bush or Liner or, you know, Mac or Pete Carroll or, you know, and yeah, clearly. All right, Tom, one more game. We're going to wrap this up. Very good. Cincinnati ranked number nine that I know nothing about at SMU with Shane Bouchelle. SMU now minus three. This opened Cincinnati minus one yesterday and has shifted all the way to SMU minus three where I think it belongs. I think I guess this is three. Um, I'm going to go on record and say that Texas fucked up and they should have kept Shane Bouchelle over Sam Ellinger. Wow. I think Bouchelle's a better quarterback. He's been tearing it up. I like the way he throws the ball. Sam's got too slow of a release. It drives me insane. Um, anyway, I like SMU. I really wish I could have got him as a dog earlier uh, yesterday, but I still like him to win this game. I like there will be more points than 57 as well, so maybe an SMU overhook. But this should be actually a fun game, and I haven't seen uh, Cincinnati really play, so this should be a good uh, 6 o'clock West Coast start. 9 o'clock on the East, Tom. It's pretty late. I don't know if you're going to be able to catch this one, but maybe a little bit. I mean, I'll probably catch the first half, you know, flipping back and forth when I'm watching uh, Michigan, Minnesota. But, you know, maybe I'll picture in picture or something. The small box for this with a big Minnesota, Michigan screen. Yeah, I'll have, well, I'll have my phone on, you know, the, the little like kickstand thing on my phone broke off. My son grabbed it and snapped it off. So what I usually do is I have the main game on the TV and then I have, you know, another game on the phone you know, on the end table propped up against a glass of water or something. So this will be the water phone game. Uh, A couple other college football notes. We're not going to talk about the spread, uh, but New Mexico plays Colorado state this week. Keep in mind, Steve Adazio is the coach of Colorado state this year. I can't even say that with a straight face. I literally cannot. So I think it's his uh, year. As long as New Mexico or New Mexico State aren't involved, you can bet against them. Let's just put it on hold for one week and then get ready to cash in on that. This is the year I'm going against all the shitbag coaches. I've had enough. There's just these guys can't be trusted. There's money to be made here. I'm making a list and I'm checking it twice like Santa. And we're going to make some money this, this fall. Steve Adazio, you're on the list. I don't know how the hell you're still a head coach, but unbelievable. We've said it for 10 years, but these guys, guys. They, you can't get fired from, from football coaching. You just you get reassigned. Not. Well, Tom, I'm just going to say if, if something happens and you, you end up being awoken in the middle of the night, let's say 1.30, 1.45 in the morning, and you're trying to fall back asleep, go ahead and put on that UNLV San Diego State game. That's going to be uh, fun. And I'm taking San Diego State, laying the 13. Just throwing that to you. I will take your word for that one. Um, <laughs> I'll take San Diego State and an underhook. We all know San Diego State plays defense every year. Usually, uh, oh, wait. Rocky Long is now in New Mexico. So now Rocky Long is getting 16 and a half on the road against Steve Adazio. Time out. Back up the podcast. We have a new pick, folks. New Mexico plus 16 and a half is now in play. You have a way better coach getting over two touchdowns against Steve Adazio coming off COVID. Here we go. Let's go, New Mexico, plus 16 and a half. We got a breaking news bet that just came in. We put the pieces together. We saw through the matrix. Rocky Long in one hand, Steve Adazio in the other. Plus 16 and a half. Steve Adazio and the other. It's really that simple. You know, we can't do this because it would just take too long. It would be like a seven-hour podcast. But 
it would be good if we purposely did a blackout and didn't know anything about like even who was playing or what the lines were. We did like no research. And then we actually talk through our thinking on air instead of like trying to figure it out on Sunday or looking at the lines in advance. Cause you see the gears turn in Dan's head. Like you can't see it on video, um, you know, cause it's an audio podcast, but I can see it on the zoom call where you can see those gears turning. Wait, Rocky long. Wait, he's, he's good. And Steve Adasio. <laughs> he's bad. Oh God. But then All I, right. then it's like, it's like that Simpsons where he's like, but that's good, but that's bad. And then, right. but I'm then you're like, but it's, right but it's New now. Mexico and that's yeah. bad. It's so true, Tom. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to stand for these shitbag coaches anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm not, this is, there's money to be made enough's enough. All right. We, we've got to wrap it up there and we're going to take a quick break, but we have a very special take the points book club coming up. Um, we will be reading an article from the Atlantic new in their November edition called the mad, mad world of niche sports among Ivy league obsessed parents. And we're going to get a glimpse into uh, my neighbors right here in Connecticut. So, uh, we'll be back in a second. All right, folks, our discussion about the Atlantic article and crazy Greenwich parents went on for a little too long. So I'm going to spin that off as a bonus episode later this week. Here are a few random other things we talked about before we close the episode. Steve Adazio. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. As soon as you said Adazio, it was like, um, what the hell is that movie where the guy can't remember anything? Memento. Yeah. Oh, it's like reading a note on my arm in Memento. I was like, Adazio. Yes. Bet against Adazio. Oh, God. If you were ever in Memento, Dan, we would starve to death if we ever had the Memento disease, but we would, all our notes would just be like, must champ sucks. Bet against Adazio. Bo Pelini can't coach defense. Overs. Oh, if, when Adazio loses the outright as getting late in 16 and a half, we're going to talk about it for 20 minutes next week and not even talk about the lines. We'll be like, that's no, it. no Penn State, Ohio State. We don't need to talk about that. Just Adazio. Just Adazio. <laughs> He's so bad. All right. I want some dudes. I'm looking for some dudes. Remember that video? That's the best of thing course, ever. Of course. That's going to be. All right. I've thanks to working from home, you know, I have a little extra time in the morning before I start work where I've been doing some like extra editing. I've been able to edit in some like song buffers and things like that. That's going to be the thing. I I spend 15 minutes and grab and edit into it. I need some dudes. (laughs) All right, go ahead. Uh, Anything you want to add? No. All right. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Take the Points podcast. We'll be back again next week uh, with more good games. Enjoy the Big Ten, the greatest conference on earth. Good night. Rainbow Warriors. Bet against Steve Adazio. (laughs) All right. Hang on a second. What the hell news feed are you following that's got Buck Cherry news? It's like the guy from Buck Cherry. It's like they value his opinion or something according to this news service you follow. This is what I'm talking about because I did, um, <laughs> oh, hang on. I turned the mic back on because this, this will be the, our like hidden track outro. Um, ever since I've been doing this, you know, uh, camp biscuit thing and following up and, you know, I, you know, I'll search on Spotify and occasionally as I'm listening, I'll write something on Twitter. That's just like a joke about Lincoln park or whatever. And somehow I've tripped the algorithm where, my Twitter feed is like, you know, half sports or or it's like, you know, 40% sports, 40% like current events and politics and 20% new metal. And I don't, I don't know what I've done, but like random people, I have no idea who they are. They pop up and it'll be about Buck Cherry or like corn. You know, I got the one that was great about the uh, upstate New York mayor who is like on trial for fraud who wore a corn mask to the hearing. 
And then I get the one about like Buck Cherry says herd immunity is the way to go. Open up. And then the arguments to that were great because they were like, well, Creed canceled their show. So they have respect for the fans, but this guy, Josh Todd has none. And then someone's like, where does Godsmack fall in? They're like, well, they, they didn't have a tour scheduled for 2022. So it remains to be seen. When you marry a crazy bitch and you're flying 5,000 feet above the earth high on cocaine, it leads to some extreme views on COVID. So I'm glad, I'm glad you put at least a lit in reference or a lit up reference in there because, um, you know, everyone, of course, all the comments were like, Oh, he's a crazy bitch. I'm like, yeah, we can do better than that. Like, uh, you got one life. You got to make it for the morgue. Uh, yeah, that's right. Or just, or just check your head. Very good. The, the, that's very good, Tom. Another to one, like, like we talked about single. can't hardly wait last week where I haven't seen it in 20 years. I have not listened to the first Buck Cherry album in 17 years, but do I know, can I say Jesse died today from COVID? Yes, I can. <laughs> I still know the lyrics to check your head. Uh, Tom, speaking of Can't Hardly Wait and soundtracks, Dan and I caught a bit of Dumb and Dumber last night. Yep. Classic soundtrack. By the way, like it's the catchiest soundtrack of all one hit wonders, like ever. Yeah. Crash crash Test Dummies, Merry Moon. uh, You know, I don't know. I used to own it. It's great. Yes. Now the one that I was thinking of, the one that was stuck in my head was remember the gigolo ants. Oh, okay. I was, see, I thought you were going to do the, like the bear went over the mountain. Was it green jelly? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 not that. No, the gigolo ants. And I was like, whatever happened to these guys, what's their deal? Nothing. First of all, they formed in Potsdam, New York. Oh, as like high school students at Potsdam high school. That makes a lot of sense. And then, and then moved to Boston to try to do the music thing. And then eventually they got that single that got them signed to Adam Duritz's label, another Adam Duritz reference. And yeah, there it is. But they're another one of those bands that was like on seven labels in 10 years. Like they have a whole album that was only released in Spain. That's how it goes. I mean, the smart people, the smart people are like a, if they're a one hit wonder, they parlay, parlay that into a writing or producing career. You're Linda Perry's, uh, your Butch Walkers, etc. Exactly. Correct. Tom, he moved to LA. Eventually they broke up the band and he started writing for like TV movies and shows. He did like the Josie and the Pussycats songs. He did a song on that thing you do. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so he went the route of like, uh, uh, Fountains of Wayne, like Adam Schlesinger, Adam Schlesinger, rest yes. in power, or like Bowling for Soup, etc. So you guys will be be displeased, or, or you know, for comic value, maybe please. But my next uh, uh, expedition is into the pop punk era of the early two thousands, and this era is a uh, there's a lot of funny stuff in there. So I'm going to need a few weeks, but that's next on the music list. Yeah. Sounds good. So I'll I'll have some thoughts on dashboard. I'll have some thoughts on panic exclamation point at the disco. I'll have some thoughts on newfound glory. You get ready. Oh boy. All right. Looking forward to it. Dan, anything else? Are you good? Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm, uh, you haven't talked in like an hour, so I figured you should have one last chance. I'm just still thinking about Steve Adazio and why people (laughs) offer him a job. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's I'm going like, to see, I'm going to spin, I'm going to spin the Atlantic thing off on a bonus episode. So people who listen to this are going to hear it as though you're saying that five minutes after your comments, but it's really been an hour. That's fine. I'm, that's all. I'm, I'm going to start next week with told you. And that's, that's all. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Just, I might even just walk off and having show up for the rest of the podcast. I'm going to get you with like a Colorado state Jersey. They're going to be so fucking bad. If he, if he went 500 <laughs> at BC and they actually have like some NFL players like show up on, like, I mean, this is going to be terrible. This, this has two and eight written all over it or two and six, whatever it is. We'll end on that note. Tom, good podcast. We'll catch you next week. All right. See you later guys. Got another dude. Peace. Hey! What's better than this? 
guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-Line U, bunch of dudes. A lot of dudes.